Chapter 7 of The Mesmerist Victim by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Trap to Catch Philosophers Indifferent to everything since he had learnt of Andrea's going soon to the court, Gilbert had forgotten the excursion of Rousseau and his brother botanist on Sunday. He would have preferred to pass the day at his garret window, watching his idol. Rousseau had not only taken special pains over his attire, but arrayed Gilbert in the best, though Teresa had thought overalls and a smock-frock quite good enough to wander in the woods, picking up weeds. He was not wrong, for Dr. Zusu came in his carriage, powdered, pomaded, and freshened up like springtime. Indian satin coat, lilac taffety vest, extremely fine white silk stockings, and polished gold buckled shoes composed his botanist's outfit. "'How gay you are!' exclaimed Rousseau. "'Not at all. I have dressed lightly to get over the ground better.' "'Your silk hose will never stand the wet.' "'We will pick our steps. Can one be too fine to court Mother Nature?' The Genevan philosopher said no more, an invocation to nature usually shutting him up. Gilbert looked at Jussieu with envy. If he were arrayed like him, perhaps Andrea would look at him. An hour after the start, the party reached Bougival, where they alighted and took the chestnut walk. On coming in sight of the summer-house of Lucien, where Gilbert had been conducted by Mademoiselle Chon when he was picked up by her, a boy on the highway, he trembled, for he had repaid her succor by fleeing when she had wished to make a buffoon of him as a peer to Countess Dubarry's black boy, Zamor. "'It is nine o'clock,' observed Dr. Jussieu. "'Suppose we have breakfast?' "'Where did you bring eatables in your carriage?' "'No, but I see a kiosk over there where a modest meal may be had. We can herborize as we walk there.' "'Very well.' Gilbert may be hungry. What is the name of your inn? The Trap. How queer. These country folks have droll ideas, but it is not an inn, only a shooting box where the gamekeepers offer hospitality to gentlemen. Of course, you know the owner's name said Rousseau, suspicious. "'Not at all. Lady Mirepoix, or Lady Egmont, or it does not matter if the butter and the bread are fresh.' The good-humoured way in which he spoke disarmed the philosopher who besides had his appetite whetted by the early stroll. Zissou led the march, Rousseau followed, gleaning, and Gilbert guarded the rear thinking of Andrea and how to see her at Trianon Palace. At the top of the hill, rather painfully climbed by the three botanists, rose one of those imitation rustic cottages invented by the gardeners of England and giving a stamp of originality to the scene. The walls were of brick, and the shelly stone found naturally in mosaic patterns on the riverside. The single room was large enough to hold a table and half a dozen chairs. The windows were glazed in different colors so that you could by selection view the landscape in the red of sunset, the blue of a cloudy day, or in the still colder slate hue of a December day. This diverted Gilbert, but a more attractive sight was the spread on the board, 
It drew an outcry of admiration from Rousseau, a simple lover of good cheer, though a philosopher, from his appetite being as hearty as his taste was modest. "'My dear master,' said Jussieu, "'if you blame me for this feast, you are wrong, for it is quite a mild set-out.' Do not depreciate your table, you gourmand. Do not call it mine. Not yours. Then whose? The brownies? The fairies? Demanded Rousseau with a smile testifying to his constraint and good nature at the same time. You have hit it, answered the doctor, glancing wistfully to the door. Gilbert hesitated. "'Bless the fays for their hospitality,' said Rousseau. "'Fall on. They will be offended at your holding back, and think you rate their bounty incomplete.' "'Or unworthy, you gentlemen,' interrupted a silvery voice at the summer-house door, where two pretty women presented themselves arm in arm, with smiles on their lips, they waved their plump hands for Jussieu to moderate his salutations. "'Allow me to present the author Rousseau to your ladyship, Countess,' said the latter. "'Do you not know the lady?' Gilbert did if his teacher did not, for he stared and, pale as death, looked for an exit. "'It is the first time we meet.' faltered the citizen of Geneva. "'Countess Dubarry!' explained the other botanist. His colleague started as though on a red-hot plate of iron. Jeanne Dubarry, favorite of King Louis X, was a lovely woman, just of the right plumpness to be a material Venus. Fair, with light hair but dark eyes, she was witching and delightful to all men who prefer truth to fancy in feminine beauty." i am very happy she said to see and welcome under my roof one of the most illustrious thinkers of the era lady dubarry stammered rousseau without seeing that his astonishment was an offence so it is she who gives the breakfast you guess right my dear philosopher replies Jussieu. She and her sister, Mademoiselle Chon, who at least is no stranger to friend Gilbert. Her sister knows Gilbert. Intimately, rejoined the impudent girl with the audacity which respected neither royal ill-humor nor philosopher's quips. We are old boon companions. Are you already forgetful of the candy and cakes of Lucienne and Versailles? This shot went home. Rousseau dropped his arms. Habituated in his conceit to think the aristocratic party were always trying to seduce him from the popular side, he saw traitors and spies in everybody. "'Is this so, unhappy boy?' he asked of Gilbert, confounded. "'Be gone.' for I do not like those who blow hot and cold with the same breath. But I ran away from Lucien, where I was locked up, and I must have preferred your house, my guide, my friend, my philosopher. 
hypocrisy but monsieur rousseau if i wanted the society of these ladies i should go with them now go where you like i may be deceived once but not twice go to this lady good and amiable and with this gentleman he added pointing to jussu amazed at the philosopher's rebuke to the royal pet he is a lover of nature and your accomplice he has promised you fortune and assistance when he has power at court he bowed to the women in a tragic manner unable to contain himself and left the pavilion statelily without glancing again at gilbert what an ugly creature a philosopher is tranquilly said chan watching the genevan stumble down the hill you can have anything you like prompted jussu to gilbert who kept his face buried in his hands yes anything gilly added the countess smiling on the returned prodigal raising his pale face and tossing back the hair matted on his forehead he said in a steady voice i should be glad to be a gardener at trianon palace john and the countess glanced at each other and the former touched her sister's foot while she winked broadly jean nodded if feasible do it she said to jussu gilbert bowed with his hand on his heart overflowing with joy after having been drowned with grief end of chapter 7 recording by john van stan savannah georgia